Hi, I'm Walter Harvey, the senior pastor at Parklawn Assembly of God. Parklawn is a church that both regular attenders and even unchurched people love to attend. Why? Perhaps it's because we seek real and authentic relationships. We're a multicultural church that's engaged in volunteerism and outreach in our community and world. Let's face it, we live in a real world. Young people are facing challenges in their school, relationships, and career choices. That's why we're focused on practical matters, such as making faith work in family, career, and community issues. If you're tired of church as usual, or you don't go to church at all, then Park Lawn Assembly of God could be the perfect place for you. Come check it out this weekend. We have services each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Park Lawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. Today, I understand that we've been in this series on spiritual warfare. Come on, how many of y'all know that spiritual warfare is real? Some of y'all didn't believe that. It's real. It really is real. And, and, and tonight, today we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, just continuing with this theme that you all have been in as a church. And man, I want to share something so, so personal to me, but also to be able to help transform your thinking today. And so if you have a Bible, man, grab your Bible. Some of your Bibles are glowing. I hope you charged them last night. Come on. That's awesome. You know, the, the, the world today, technology is advancing, and so sometimes we don't carry the book. But I'm, I heard what my brother said here. I'm, I'm still kind of a little old school. I like the book. I remember my granny used to just have a Bible, and she would be highlighting and marking it up and pages falling out. And, you know, they tell you if you got a clean Bible, you're probably a dirty Christian. <laughs> But they say if your Bible dirty, you're probably a clean Christian. So I, I like my Bible. I keep it on the iPad too. But uh, yeah, if you have your Bible today, go with me to the book of Romans. The book of Romans. And, and the book of Romans is a scary book for some Christians because it's a lot of meat in it. And so today I really want you to take some notes. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to preach today. Come on, somebody pray for me today. I'm going to try not to preach I really want to teach you some things, some principles that I believe is going to help you in this, this battle that we call spiritual warfare. And so we're going to be looking from the book of Romans chapter 7 and 8. And uh, if you do have your Bibles with me, go to Romans 7, 14. And we're going to read through verse 25 and then tab over to verse chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. So we've got some scripture today. Again, I want to encourage you to take notes, my friends, because the Bible is a living book. A lot of people ask me, oh, you know, what do you think of the Bible? I said, it's the only book that, that sells number one every year, every year. And so that's not a coincidence. That's just divine. And so God left his word for us to remember. And so whatever you write down, you have a higher probability of remembering it. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. When you write something down on a piece of paper, I'm still kind of old school. I write stuff down and my wife, she's like, stop it. Put it on the computer. And I'm like, I remember Y2K. This stuff might crash one day, but I still got my paper around. Come on, somebody. And so I, I'm a little old school, but let's turn to Romans 7, 14, and we're going to read. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it'll also be on the screens for you. 
So Romans 7, 14 through 25 says, For sin shall not have dominion. Oh, I'm reading the wrong chapter. Lord, help me. Romans 7, 14 through 25. Here we go. It says this, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal. This is Apostle Paul talking. He says, I'm sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, my members, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but evil I will not do. That I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that is evil, that is present within me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, my spirit. But I see another law in my members, my flesh, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God that through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then with The mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Verse eight, chapter eight, verse one says this. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's one of those pause moments to just shout. He says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, this is key right here, I want you to really hone in on this. For what the law could not do in that I was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this word. We need you. We love you. Help us today to understand what it is you're saying to us that we may be more like Jesus. I pray in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Church today, I want to talk to you about something that we often kind of miss. You see, when we talk about spiritual warfare, a lot of times we tend to blame the devil. <laughs> I remember growing up as a kid, and, and just the simplest things would happen. And this is what my mom would say, ain't nothing but the devil. I mean, just the simplest things would happen. That was the devil. And I'm like, mom, the devil can't do everything. We can't give him more credit than he already has. And so it's interesting because when we begin to talk about spiritual warfare, first we have to understand the origin of it. We have to understand that spiritual warfare literally originated from the beginning of time. 
When, when, in the book of Genesis, we can refer back to seeing spiritual warfare happen when Satan began to rebel against God and his, and, and his angels that he took from heaven and, and made uh, the forces of evil begin to happen within, on earth within man's heart. He did it with Eve. He's doing it now. And so spiritual warfare is not just this outward thing that we always see. It's not just demons and, and, and angels and, and all these kind of things and problems that we see. We often tend to look on the outside. We see the, manifestation, the manifestations on the outside of things, but we have to understand that there was an origin for it. We have to understand that God and Satan has been battling for years, and Satan is trying to deceive people like you and me, and he's trying to deceive us to be able to live a life that he wants us to live that we know now would lead us to destruction. And God is, is, is battling with Satan and his angels so that he can redeem the creation back, so that he can redeem his creation, the people and the earth back one day. And it tells us that Jesus Christ has already disarmed the powers of Satan by his death, burial, and resurrection. So church, that's victory for those who are in Christ already. We have to understand that we are human, that we will face battles. Jesus said it when he talked to his disciples. We're, we're going to face trials. We're going to be troubled. The book of Job talks about it. A man, is when he's born of a woman, he's yet but a few days full of trouble. We are going to face battles, trials, persecution, which we would equate today to this spiritual warfare. But it literally has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the origin of how Satan rebelled against God and is trying to pull God's creation, his people, and the earth into one way that's leading to destruction because Satan knows his final destination. And he's trying to get any and everybody who he can to go with him. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Matthew 24 that, 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 that hell was never created for humans. It was created for Satan and his angels. And so we see through all throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we see this battle of spiritual warfare. But a lot of times we, we forget something. We, we're so focused on looking on the outside of things. We're so focused on looking at the manifestation of what's happening on the outside. But church, if I could tell you something today, and this is kind of why I want to focus in at is whatever happens on the outside that's manifested, it starts on the inside. You see, we see the, the natural, but you have the spiritual as well. And so we see what happens on the natural realm, but you all talked about this maybe a couple of weeks ago in Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. How Apostle Paul tells the, the Ephesus church that there are spiritual principalities and rulers of darkness and all these different levels of evil. And so we see what happens on the outside, but we often forget that it really begins on the inside. You see, there is a devil. There is an adversary that roars the earth and wants to destroy us and devour us. There is someone that, 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 that is opposing against God, and there is someone called the devil who is trying to influence us in our fleshly ways to be able to oppose the plan and the kingdom of God. And sometimes we forget about that manifestation that's happening on the inside. Sometimes we blame spiritual warfare 
our habits and our thoughts and our actions and our behaviors and all those things that, that we do. It's like, oh, that I don't want to do, but man, that was the devil. But today I want to talk to you about you. <laughs> I want to talk to you about you. I'm at home, church. So if I could give this message a subject today or a title, this is what I want to talk to you about. World, world war, inner me. World war, inner me. You see, what you heard today is the Apostle Paul, and he was battling with some inner me things. We, we, we have to be honest as believers and, and people of the world today. There's an inner battle that's spiritually happening on the inside of us. Come on, some of y'all, it happened this morning when that car zoomed past you and you was just driving and holding that wheel. Some of us, we slipped up. We had to ask the Lord to forgive us. That was, this, that was a battle on the inside of you. Come on, come on, when you saw that, that, that food item that you've been doing good all month on your diet and, and, and that, that cheesecake just had to, had to work its way into your mouth. Come on, that wasn't the cheesecake fault. That was a battle inside of you. And so today I want to talk to you about this world war in a me. And, you know, today the, the, the word sin is, is it's kind of a, a harsh word in, in some ways to people, even Christians. It's just a simple three-letter word, but I like to call sin. It, 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 I say it like this. The acronym is it separates us from God. And then the other word is uh, the, the I that I like to use. I forgot the I, but the N is neglect. So uh, I'm being real today. Come on. But sin separates us from God. Come on, the, the I, we'll figure that out a little later. But the N, neglect, we neglect God and we live our own way. And this word sin, it's real. It really is real. It, it's happening. On, as a matter of fact, the Bible says in 1 John that if we say we don't have sin in us, that's what? We call God a liar. So either God lying or we lying. God don't lie. And so when we talk about this battle of World War and me and this simple word called sin, church, I want you to understand that there's some things happening in your members, your flesh. It's a battle. It's a battle to live for Jesus fully devoted. Or it's a battle to please your flesh. And we have to understand, you know, when, when Christians hear uh, sin, oftentimes we get quiet. We get quiet in the sense that I don't sin no more. I, I'll never forget growing up in a Sunday school class. I grew up in the Church of God in Christ, and there were some elders. And these elders was arguing. One of them said, you mean to tell me you don't sin anymore? The other one said, I don't sin no more. I got the Holy Ghost. And they literally were arguing in the Sunday school class. Because the one preacher said, man, you're lying. That ain't God. The Bible said, first John, you have sin. If you don't, you call God a lie. The other preacher looked at the other preacher and said, you lying. The Bible said, we're the saints of God. If the Spirit lives in us, we shouldn't be sinning no more. I said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. <laughs> These elders are in here arguing about sin. But the Bible clearly tells us that even as believers, we have the propensity to sin. Why? Because we're on earth. And we have this battle that's going on in the inside of us that's warring against the, uh, the, the spirit that's in us that wants to be right and righteous and please God. And then our fleshly members that wants to oppose God's plan for us. But then when you talk to unbelievers, they don't want to hear about sin at all. As a matter of fact, unbelievers, people that aren't following Jesus, they get offensive at times. 
Are you saying that I'm a sinner? Yeah. If, you, if, I, uh, if I have the propensity, you definitely have the propensity to sin. And so people, when they hear this word, it's interesting because the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that we all have fallen short because of what? Sin. So we all have fallen short of God's glory, and we have to understand that there is a real battle that goes on within us. Spiritual warfare is just not manifested on the outside. It's like when you see a tree. Many of us, we have symptoms, the things that we've dealt with in our past that we have to overcome, and God's healing those things. But those symptoms will manifest in our habits. Those symptoms will manifest in our behaviors. And a lot of times, we try to address symptoms. But symptoms are not going to get healed. The root issue has to be healed. Because if you don't deal with the root of the matter, symptoms will continue to produce. And so what I want to talk to you today about is, is understanding the symptoms, not just the symptoms, but getting to the root of what spiritual warfare really is all about. There is a world war in me. And so today what I want to do is kind of take a look at the Apostle Paul's, what I would call his autobiography. And he's real with us. He's transparent with us. And as Christians, church, we have to be transparent. As, as believers, we have to be transparent because the world only wants transparency. They don't want tradition. They don't want religiosity. They want to see people that are trying to live for God that still yet have struggles but have seen how to overcome those struggles as they continue to follow Jesus. And so today as we kind of look at the Apostle Paul, you know, he's an interesting character in the Bible because historically it tells us that Paul wrote about 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. That's literally over almost 48% of the New Testament the Apostle Paul wrote. Also, uh, if you look throughout Acts where he was and some of the epistles, you'll see that Paul was used by God to heal people, cast out demons, he, he was so anointed that some of the, 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 eight, the, the handkerchief that he had, it, it was so anointed that he, he would rub his handkerchief on people and they would be healed. I mean, come on. I don't know about you, but I want to be used by God supernaturally. And, and, and Paul was this person who he, he would preach all night and, and people would fall asleep like some of us going to do today on me. People would fall asleep while he was preaching. There was a man in the Bible that fell asleep while he was teaching and preaching. And this is how God used Paul. He fell from the third floor. Paul keeps preaching. Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't talking to me today. Some of us, oh, my God, Sister So-and-so passed out. Get an ambulance. Paul, like, leave her there. He keeps preaching. And then after he gets done preaching, goes outside, lays on the brother. Dude probably broke his neck. And then he lays on him and God resurrects him. And he gets back up and they eat like ain't nothing ever happened. Come on, that's a supernatural God that we serve. This is the same Paul, though, who, who not only had great miracles and encounters with God, but this was the same Paul who struggled to face persecution. Same Paul who was stoned and left for dead and got up and then went right back to preaching. I mean, this is the same Paul that we're reading about today that not only all these great things and challenging things happened in his life, he also originated this articulation of what we're reading today of the conversation on spiritual warfare, Ephesians 5 and 6. And so if there's anyone that we can listen to talking about this world war enemy, it is the Apostle Paul. 
And so we read today, according to Romans 7, 14 through 25, about this world war inner me that was happening inside of Paul. My friends, I, I believe the Bible was left for not just those who were alive 2,000 plus years ago, but even for us today. It's an example, it's a fixation that we can read and understand and bear witness with what he was going through because some of us are going through it and, and we see ourselves as a mirror in God's word and that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to hear the word, he wants us to see the word, but not only hear it and see it, he wants us to be transformed by it. I often tell people that the Bible is not merely just for us to be reading, it's, for, it's to read us. And so as we dive into this text today, I really want us to begin to see from the Apostle Paul's life some principal things. You see, when we begin to talk about world war enemy and this spiritual battle, I need you to understand that it is spiritual. It is spiritual. As a matter of fact, Paul is talking about this in the beginning of the text. Paul is saying, man, the, the, I have this battle because the law of God is good. The law of God is spiritual, but, but I'm unspiritual. And he has this battle and he's understanding that there are some things that are happening in the spirit realm that I don't even have to fight against. It's not my battle, it's God's battle, but it's affecting me because I'm a, I'm a chosen vessel of God. And I'm going to fight in the army of the Lord and I'm battling with the spiritual principalities because Satan doesn't want me to advance the gospel of the kingdom of God. This is how Paul feels. He's not, not only does he does want me to advance the kingdom of God in mission, he, he doesn't want me to advance personally. So there are some things that are going on in Paul's life, and he, he says that I am unspiritual, and I need you to understand today, church, that warfare, it's spiritual. You see, your flesh, your old man, it never gets saved. It never gets saved. The, the, the spirit man gets saved. And the Bible tells us that, that our members, our flesh is fighting against the spirit that's within us. Paul says the law is spiritual. It's good. It's righteous. It's holy. It's from God. But I'm unspiritual. I'm fleshly. I'm carnal. I'm weak. I'm sinful by nature. I've been sold as a slave under sin. Paul is understanding that there is this problem that's happening within me. This problem. And church, I need you to understand today that don't underestimate the power of Satan. He has power. If he didn't have power, you wouldn't see all the evil happening in the world. You wouldn't see all the corruption happening in the world today. You wouldn't see people killing themselves and overdosing on things. You wouldn't see people uh, molesting young children. You wouldn't see any of that today. All that is because of Satan's power to deceive people. And there's this, there's this spiritual battle going on, and it happens first in our members. And our old man, it always tries to keep us captive to sin. As a matter of fact, one commentator said it this way. He says, indwelling sin constantly seeks to claim what it considers to be its property. I want to say that again. The indwelling sin constantly seeks to claim what it considers to be its property. You see, our flesh never gets saved, and sin is always trying to claim our flesh as its property always trying to claim. And there's a problem here that begins to occur. In verses 15, 18, Paul says, I cannot do the good that I want to do. Ever feel like that before? Man, man, I, I, there's some things that I really want to I want to obey God. I want to be right with God. I want, but there's this tension in me, and I can't always do what I want to do that's good. And then I, I, do, I end up doing the evil that I don't want to do. 
If we, if we can be transparent today, church, that, that's war. That, that, that the problem is war. There's this, this, this spiritual battle that's happening on the inside of you when, when, you, when, when habits begin to form and you are old habits. They didn't die right away. You see, sometimes we misappropriate the scripture of 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 when it says that Christ Jesus makes us a new creation. Sometimes we think that, oh, I'm a new creation, but you wonder, why am I still struggling? If the Bible said that I'm a new creation, why am I still dealing with this? If the Bible says that Jesus makes all things new, then why do I still have to go through this? The reality is, is that that scripture is really saying that Jesus Christ, he has begun to make all things new. Meaning there's this process of sanctification. Meaning there's this process that leads from sanctification to glorification. And glorification doesn't happen until either when Jesus Christ comes back to get us through the resurrection or if you die and go to meet with Jesus. Glorification happens in those final period of salvation. And some of us don't understand that salvation is this three-step process. It really is, church. It's this three-step process being saved from the penalty of our sins, being saved from the destruction of our sins, being saved from the final totality of sin that would try to originally destroy us and the whole creation. But salvation is this process. And we can't forget that even though we're saved, there's still a struggle. There's still an internal struggle. And Paul understood that there was this problem at hand, and it had begun to cause war. It's spiritual. Sometimes we try to fight spiritual battles with natural tactic. Can't fight spiritual with natural. Can't fight natural with spiritual. You got to fight spiritual with spiritual. And sometimes, church, we miss it because we see things on the manifestation, and there's all these, these great remedies out there today, all these quick fixes out there today. We get those, we see the book, and we see the, the video, we see this, and we see that, and we're trying to address these spiritual symptoms without going to the root of the matter. And only God knows the heart. Only God knows the root of everything that's within us. And we sometimes, church, what we have to do is when we know that there's this battle, we've got to humble ourselves as God's people. We've got to say, God, I'm struggling with insecurity. God, I'm struggling with looking at things that I shouldn't be looking at. God, I'm struggling with picking up this bottle or, 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 or practicing this habit when I know that's not what you want from me. And we've got to get to the baseline and say, this is a spiritual battle. I can't fight this on my own. I can't fight this with my own willpower. I've tried so many times, church, to accomplish things on my own and things that I was struggling with, but God had to show me that he's already done that. And I could spend my whole life trying to fight for something when the battle was never mine to be fighting in the first place. It's spiritual. But not only is it spiritual, it's, it's personal. You see, the Bible tells us, Paul says this in, in, chapter, in verse 23, he says, but I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity. You see, it's, it's not somebody else. It's us. It's personal. Somebody else has their own battles to fight. That's why Paul tells us in one of the epistles, work out your own salvation. 
We all have spiritual battles that's personal. Why? Because our spiritual battles are connected to the destiny and purpose that God has for each and every one of us. Even though we're all going and aiming toward one goal, it's to please Jesus Christ and to glorify our Father in heaven through the life that we would live and allowing Jesus to live through us. But we all have spiritual battles. It's interesting because I hear so many preachers saying, man, I see how God used Paul. I mean, he just was Benny Hinn and people. And I love Pastor Benny Hinn. Some of them hate on Benny Hinn, but I'm like, don't sleep. Don't touch God's anointing. Hey, if the Lord using them, praise the Lord. And so some of us want other people's anointings. Some of us want other people's giftings. But we don't want to go through what they went through. I just, want the, I just want the icing on the cake. I don't want to get put in the oven and bake that 375 for 40 minutes. Uh-uh. And church, we have to understand that spiritual battle is personal. What you go through, you're going to go through. What you go through is for you because there's another end to that battle. We have to understand, I love what the Old Testament talks, and God reminds them so much. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. This thing happened before you and I were ever even thought of. God is just inviting us a part of, to be a part of his army to battle with him. And, and what more than, than we can do to, than to call upon the general of the army, God himself. He has the strategy for spiritual warfare. He has the tactics, and he's given us some principles in his word. And today I'm going to kind of unpack some of those principles right here at the end so that you can walk away with some practicality. But I need you to know, church, it is a spiritual battle. It is personal. I remember being in Nigeria last year, and I didn't think I was going to come home. I didn't. I called my wife. I said, baby, um, this, is, this is intense. So the spiritual warfare is, is it's intense. So man, I, I just want to go home, and if I don't get home, I don't know if I'm coming home. I might get locked up. Somebody might try to shoot me. I, I'm serious. I felt that way. I got up in the morning. I was demons in my room at night. I couldn't sleep. I'm like, my gosh. I called the, our coordinator that was working with me and said, man, I'm going to have to have you come stay with me. Don't just stay with me. Sleep with me. <laughs> Sometimes you need a partner, a brother, a sister in the Lord when you're going through some stuff. But I let him stay. I said, man, we're going to get through this. But he was going through things, and we were encountering things. And, and finally, I just reached out to my wife, and I said to her, I said, send out a prayer request to our partners and churches. I said, send it out. Make sure it's urgent, because I'm going through a personal battle right now. And, and, and there's something on the other side of this. You see, if I, if I quit going now, I won't ever see what's on the other side. If I stop now, I won't ever see what God has for me. I won't ever see what he wants to do for other people that he wants me to reach. And, and this is personal. So I got to go through this. I got, to, I, got to, I got to strap up my boots. I got to put on my armor. I got to get my helmet of salvation. Come on, I got to get my breastplate of righteousness. I got to go through this thing. And so my wife, she sent out this prayer request to our team and, and, and the partners and churches. And I tell you, it probably was in about a couple of hours. I just began to feel things lift. Supernaturally, I text her back and I email. I started emailing back and I said, keep praying. The prayers are working. I literally begin to see things lift and just shift. And what am I saying to you today, Parkline? Sometimes we want to get out of the personal battle. Sometimes we want to ask God to pull us out of the storm. 
I love the example that I always give is when Peter walked on water, he got out of the boat. And it's interesting because Jesus invited him to come. That encounter with Jesus was so paramount to Peter's life as an apostle. If Peter would have never got out the boat, number one, he would have never encountered who Jesus was. And I'm not talking about who, he knew his master, he knew, but I'm talking about the supernatural power and might of an almighty God to have him literally walk on water. We often look at that story and be like, oh, he sank. No, 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 he walked first. He walked first. The first thing is, so Peter got out this boat, you all. The second thing is when Jesus had, for, for, Jesus had called him to come, he responded in obedience and came. And listen, there was a storm that was already happening, and G Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. That's why he began to sink. But I love it because Jesus called him out of the boat into the deep, into the storm where it wasn't comfortable in church. Jesus will do that to us. God will do that. Battles aren't going to be comfortable. Battles aren't going to be all happy, go jolly, and lucky. No, battles will be tough. Battles will be intense. But we can never really see who Jesus is unless we get out of the boat and unless we come to him. That's when Jesus and Peter really encountered each other. And so this battle is personal. And there's another example in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus told Peter, the devil want to destroy you. So the devil looks to sift you like wheat. And I love what Jesus says to him. He says, but I pray for you. <laughs> you see, church, what am I trying to get you to understand about this thing that's personal? Satan wanted to destroy Peter. Why? Because Jesus had a plan for him to be the rock of the church. If you don't think Satan will try to destroy you, not just from the outward manifestation, but inside first. He'll try to condemn you. He'll try to judge you. He'll try to accuse you. He'll try to make you feel like you're nothing. He'll try to put you. I'm telling you, he will do it inside first. And so Peter understood that this thing is personal. I got to go through this. Because if I don't go through this, then I won't reach the full potential that God has for me. I won't be able to impact the people that God needs me to impact. There are other people's destiny contingent upon my battle. Do y'all understand that? That's other people's destiny depending upon your battle. And how you go through it, it depending on how you come through, how you come out on the other side. So it's spiritual, it's personal, but it's also continual. It's continual. Sometimes we feel like, man, whew, I'm out of that season. Praise the Lord. Guess what? I love to say it like this. You're either in a storm or in a battle. You just got out of one, or you're getting ready to go in one. <laughs> you're in a battle, you just got out of a battle, or you're getting ready to enter into one. It's cyclical. It doesn't matter. Why? Because God is always trying to prove himself through us. And the only way he can prove himself through us is through testing us through battles. The only way he can see his, himself in us is taking us through the fire. It's all throughout scripture, the three Hebrew boys, when they went through the fire and, and decided to renounce the king and, and not worship him. Guess what? God was proving them. He was testing them to see if they could handle what he was going to be doing in them later on. Same with Daniel. Same with David. Every single biblical character we see had to go through battles because God's purpose and his destiny for them was connected to it. 
And so this thing is spiritual. It's personal, but it's also continual. Listen to what Paul says in verse 22 here. He says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, meaning his spirit. He says, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Listen, this, the verbs that he was using here are very continual. It wasn't, oh man, this happened once. This happened once and it was over. No, no, no. He's saying this is warring. This is constantly going on in me. It's, it's continual, church. As a matter of fact, this war is between the mind, Paul says, the spirit, the inner man, and the members of my flesh, the natural man. Galatians 5.16 says it so greatly. Listen to what this says. Galatians 5.16-17. So I say, this is the same person who wrote Romans, Paul. He says to the Galatian church, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. This is what he said. Baseline, let the spirit within you guide you. And then he says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I'm going to read from this. He says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And those, these are contrary to one another. War. They're contrary. They're working against one another. The spirit that's in you is also lusting against the flesh of who you are and are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Go to the next verse. Oh, no, that was it. So I want you to understand today there's this continual battle of your spirit man fighting against your flesh. I need three men to join me right up here. Three men. Just give me three quick men. Three quick. Thanks, Brother Marcus. Thank you. Come on, come on. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Come on up. Come on. Now, I know y'all came to church. Y'all look good. Bro, Greg got his brown on. Man, you got low. Oh, man. Bless you. Bless you. I need three men. Now, y'all didn't come to church today thinking y'all was going to get a cardio workout. And so, if y'all brought changing clothes, praise the Lord for the next service. But if you didn't, we get, we get you right. But, but I want to illustrate this today, and, and I, how I want to do this is I want us to uh, demonstrate this analogy of being contrary to one another. And, and so, Brother Marcus, I'm going to have you do some push-ups because you look pretty strong. <laughs> and then, Brother Greg, I'm going to just have you do some jumping jacks because you're the elder up here. So it's just... And then I'm... You got a good core, so I'm going to have you doing some sit-ups. Okay? And so what, what, what I'm going to demonstrate, though, you all, is I want to be able to show you something because these are warring against each other. And so spirit and flesh. And so what I'm going to have them do is Brother Mark is going to do push-ups, and then Brother Greg's going to do uh, jumping jacks, and then my brother here is going to do, what's your name? David. David. Brother David's going to do uh, sit-ups. And, and what, I, what they're, what they're going to be is they're going to be the, uh, Brother Marcus, you're going to be the spirit. I'll make you super saved today. <laughs> Bro, Greg, you're going you're gonna to be flesh. So we're going to pray for you. And then you, you, you're going to be what we just call the soul. You're going to be the soul. So spirit, flesh, and soul. Bi body, mind, and soul. That's, that's three. Trichotomy. And so go ahead and get in your position. I'll have you do a push-up, Brother Marcus. And so, uh, and then, Bro, Greg, you just a couple jumping jacks. And you're going to be on my, do the women's push-ups. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> And then, if you want to come out here, just, just do a little sit-up. Do some sit-ups. And so, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a command. I'm going to say, spirit, flesh, 
soul. I'm going to say spirit, body, soul. That's what I do. So when I say spirit, you do the, you do the push-up. I say uh, body, you do the jumping jack. When I say soul, you do that. Okay? So spirit, okay, spirit, body, soul, spirit, body, soul, spirit, body, soul, spirit, body, soul. Okay, now take a pause real quick. You can get a knee. Take a pause. So I'm going to have you do, I'm going to have you not do nothing. And I'm going to have you, I'm going to just work. I'm going to say body, soul. Y'all two going to do it. Spirit, you're going to be chill. Be chill. Right? Ready? Body, soul, body, soul, body, soul, body, soul. Okay, come on up. Get on up. Get on up. Now, but Mark is pretty strong. But I just had them do some exercises. And so naturally, in the human body, what you exercise will get stronger. What, what you exercise will become stronger to become more healthier. And so spirit, he got a little exercise. And I said, you know what? You're going to break. And so I want you to go ahead and, and, and stand up, Brother Marcus. And what I'm going to have you do is, Brother Greg, you the body. So I'm going to have you get right on side of him. Right on side of him. Brother Dave, you come on over here on this side. Y'all can move over that way a little bit. So this is what I want you to do. Well, just a little bit, so I don't want you to fall off since Teresa here, we got some liability. So, <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull him forward this way. Because you haven't been working out. You haven't been doing much. You had a little bit. I want you to pull him forward and just kind of resist him a little bit. You guys just kind of arms like this. It's like that. Yeah, lock on. Just go ahead and you guys start pulling him forward. Just pull him forward. Just resist him a little bit. But come on, just pull him. There you go. Just pull him forward. Pull. So that's body and flesh pulling the spirit. Right? It's body and flesh. And, Brother Marcus, I'm going to have you exercise. Okay. So it's a spirit. And so y'all good right where you at? Spirit. 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 Come on. Spirit. 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 Work them out, y'all. Spirit. 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 Okay. Get on now, spirit. Get on now, spirit. Okay. Now, Brother Marcus. This is what I want you to do, because you, you're in shape. You're in the, I just want you to go ahead and, they ain't been working out. They're a little older, you the youngest up here. Go ahead and, and, and lead them for me. Go ahead and lead them. Y'all try to resist them a little bit, but go ahead and lead them. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, come on. Come on. Get these brothers a hand. Get these brothers a hand. Get these brothers a hand. I just, I wanted to give you visual. Listen, church, what you feed will win. If you eat and you ain't dieting, you're going to become overweight. If you diet and you're eating the right stuff and you're exercising, your weight going to look well and you're going to be healthy. If you feed your spirit, your spirit will lead your flesh and your soul. It's true. But if you deprive your spirit, your flesh, and the soul within you will leave your spirit. It's working contrary to one another. And that's why Jesus Christ came because he had to write the law on our hearts. We couldn't fulfill it in our own desires. We couldn't fulfill it with our own willpower. We couldn't fulfill it. Jesus needed to rewrite the law on our hearts. He needed to give us a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. 
And so the Holy Spirit is so important to be in our lives because when the Holy Spirit wasn't in our lives, our spirit was dead according to Ephesians 2. So what that means is you were living out of your members, your mind, and your soul, which is depraved, the Bible says. And so your spirit, if I can give you an illustration, your spirit literally dropped into the inner man of who you are, the core, to begin to save you and be the seat of your emotions, to be the function of who you are now as a Christian. Because if your spirit is dead, you're going to operate in your flesh and through your soul. And the Bible says the soul is to pray. That's why the spirit came to give life. The spirit came to give us resurrection power. The spirit came that we may follow God's law that's written on the inside of our hearts. And so Paul's letting us know, my friends, that this battle is spiritual, it's personal, and it's a continual battle. And whatever one we feed the most, that one will win. So I kind of want to give you some practicals today as we get ready to wrap up. How do we win this world war in a meet? How do we read? I got five things I just want to share with you. How do we win the world war in a me? Number one, we've got to claim hold to the victory of Jesus Christ. He, he tells us this in the final verses of chapter seven. He says, what a wretched man I am. That's his baseline. He understood that he was nothing without Christ. Church, we can't forget that even though we come here every Sunday, we need the Lord Jesus. We can't live this life on our own. And those of us that are trying, we're constantly failing. And Paul says, man, I am a wretched man. I'm undone. I need you, Lord, because this battle on the inside of me, I can't face it on my own. I can't accomplish it on my own. And he says, I'm wretched. I'm undone. Who is going to save me from this body of death? Who's going to save this dirt bag? That's exactly what he was saying. You see, we forget that we came from dirt. We forget that we were made out of dirt and we became nothing until we were nothing until God made us something by blowing his breath of life inside of us, his spirit. We have to understand, church, that Paul is wanting us to see we have to claim victory of Jesus Christ. We have to hold on to there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus to those who have been forgiven of our sins, to those who are walking in the spirit, to those who are walking circumspectly to Jesus Christ's word and his plan for our life. There is no condemnation to those who walk according to the spirit and not their flesh. So we have to claim the victory of Jesus. The other thing that I want to tell you about winning this battle of World War in or me is that we have to have determination. Determination. We can't throw in the towel. We can't give up. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I know it's challenging. I know, I know college bills are piling up and you don't have your debt paid off. I know your son or your daughter, they're wandering from Jesus. Today. I know your job has probably laid you off or getting ready to lay you off. But we can't give up. We've got to be determined. And I love what 1 Peter 5 and 9 says. It says this. Listen to what Peter is saying to a church who was being persecuted for their faith. He says, resist him. That's what he's, he's talking about, the devil. He says, resist him steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Listen, you can trust and know and believe that if you are going through a spiritual battle, one of your brothers and sisters are also going through. So why not link together and get through this thing together? Quit being isolated, church. 
Quit being outside of community because that's the one thing Satan wants to do with you is get you isolated. We have to understand that he wants us to resist him and be steadfast in our faith. Listen to what it says in verse 10. But may the grace, the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ after you have suffered a while. I love that part. It says after you have suffered a while. What does that mean? You're going to suffer. You're going to go through. But your perspective is everything. Paul was in jail and he was like, man, this is great. Because the gospel is still being advanced. His perspective wasn't conditional to his situation. And so it says, after you have suffered a while, you will be perfected. You will be established. You will be strengthened. And God will settle you. Come on, somebody. He says, you will be perfected. You will be established. You will be strengthened. And you will be settled. James says it so well. That patience may have her perfect work in you. Don't consider it pure joy, my brothers, for the trials that you'll go through. But let, perf- let patience have its perfect work in you. Let, let these trials mature your faith. Let these trials prove you to be a follower being steadfast in your love for Jesus Christ. Let the battles that you endure, that you are grabbing, listen, grab a hold to the battle. Don't run from it. Grab a hold to that thing that you're wrestling with. Give it to Jesus. Don't try to hold on to it. Give it to Jesus. Surrender it to Jesus. Allow his victory in you. Allow the determination that you should have as you follow him. Help you to overcome your world war enemy. The third thing I want to tell you is this, be watchful. You see, sometimes we don't understand the enemy's tactics. He repeats them over and over again. Repeats them over and over again. And that's what Bishop has been teaching you. It's the tactics. Be aware. Put on your, put, put, put on your, your armor to fight this spiritual battle. It's always interesting because when I read Ephesians, Paul never gave us a defense in the back. He never gave us a piece of artillery or equipment for our back. He only gave it to our front, for our front. That's interesting. Because God wants us to be progressing forward. He wants us to be watching what's in front of us. He wants us to be moving forward. And we have to be watchful. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this. It says, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Church, we've got to be a brave church. We've got to be a strong church. The trials you go through, listen, there's valleys, there's valleys and there's mountains. If we're on the mountain, you should be rest assured that you're going to be in the valley at some point. But if you're in the valley, don't think you're going to stay in the valley because at one point again in time, you will go back to the mountain. And each each level from the mountain to the valley, you're learning how to be strong. Each level from the mountain to the valley, you're learning how to be strong in the Lord, how to be steadfast and immovable, rock and solid and grounded to your faith in Jesus Christ. We have to be watchful. Be watchful of his tactics. The fourth thing I'll tell you in how to win is we've got to get in God's word. Church, we've got to get in God's word. Paul, in this two chapters earlier in Romans, he tells us about the spiritual warfare. And in it, he says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If we want to battle spiritual warfare, Jesus has already accomplished it because he was the living word. And he left us who he was in written form. He lived out 
who God was as the Word of God. In church, if we want to win the battle, the Word of God is so important. Come on, when the enemy starts putting thoughts in your mind, tell them, listen, this mind that was in Christ Jesus shall also be in me. When the enemy start thinking, oh, you're going to die, this going to happen to you, tell them, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, you got to be able to tell them that word. You got to be able to get out the word of God. And you got to cut him down. Every thought, everything that tries to exalt itself above God, above the knowledge of God, you got to cut it down with the sword of the spirit. Got to have the word. Got to battle with the word. And the last thing that I'll tell you is this in prayer. Thank you, worship team, for coming up. Prayer. Matthew 26, 41, it says this. Watch and pray. This is what Jesus was saying when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. He was getting ready to go to the cross. He told his disciples who would sleep. Sleep. They would sleep. The most important time in his life, they would sleep. And he says, listen, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. That's what that's telling us, church. Some of us are dealing with temptation. We're not overcoming temptation. We're simply connected to prayer. It says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. There was another uh, meaning to this because people were coming to get Jesus and he was asking them to be watchful. But it's also a meaning that we must be watchful and pray because he told Peter that. And Peter didn't pray and guess what happened? He had temptation and he reacted when somebody tried to come and grab Jesus and he cut off their ear with the sword. He was tempted to react. And Jesus was trying to tell him, watch and pray. Because if you don't watch and pray, you'll enter into temptation. And I love what he says at the latter part of Matthew 26, 41. This is what he said. The spirit indeed, he said, it's guaranteed. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Whatever you, whatever you feed will win. Whatever you deprive loses. Jesus is letting us know, flesh is weak. Keep it weak. Keep it weak. But if, if your spirit isn't strong, your flesh is strong. If your spirit isn't built up, if your spirit isn't, isn't matured, if your spirit isn't exercised, then your flesh will win. Church, if we want to get over world war enemy, guess what? We've got to grab a hold to the victory that's in Jesus Christ. Today, if you're dealing with things and you're struggling and you're battling, listen, I want to let you know that Jesus has already overcome everything you're going through. Jesus has already endured everything that you have ever and will go through. He's already endured it. And he, he accomplished the battle being won on the cross. When he died on that cross and said, it is finished. When he rose three days later with death, hell, and the grave in his hands. My friends, I want to let you know that Jesus Christ accomplished every battle that you're struggling with. Jesus Christ accomplished every, every habit that you're dealing with. Jesus Christ accomplished every behavior that you're dealing with. Jesus Christ accomplished every single thing that you would ever go through. He accomplished it. We've got to have victory in Christ. We've got to be determined to fight, to fight this battle with the Lord. We've got to be determined. We've got to be watchful. We've got to get in God's word, and we've got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. So today, some of you may be here. You may be dealing with world war inner me. Only you and God know what that is. Heartline Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. 
As a part of this mission, join us for special services, workshops, and encounters. Parklawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.